Greetings and welcome to Tapestry's Empowered to Connect podcast. My name is Chris Turner. Today is kind of a special episode as we are having our first listener feedback discussion. So, Ryan and Kayla, I have three questions here we have received from podcast listeners that I think the rest of our listeners would benefit from our answers. Okay. We hope would benefit. <laughs> we hope, right. <laughs> That's, yes. Please let us hope. not make things worse. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so the first is from Jake, and Jake says, My wife and I have a three-year-old adopted son, a 17-month-old biological daughter, and an 11-month-old foster son. Our oldest has decided he does not want to nap at home anymore. Oh, we're really sorry, Jake. And, but he's always been fine taking rest time in his room. Lately, though, he's been really loud during rest time, and it's often disrupting the naps of either our daughter or foster son or both. I'm a stay-at-home parent and need that downtime desperately, as I'm sure many of you out there can relate. But no strategy has worked to convince him to stay quiet. Do you have any suggestions or advice as to what I can do to preserve the sacred nap time? Okay, I was trying to write down there just a clarification question. It's a three-year-old. Yes. That we're having trouble with. Yes. Okay. I'm going to defer to Kayla. (laughs) (laughs) You're just clarifying for me, just in case I didn't notice. Yes. (laughs) Okay, just just checking. Uh, Well, first, that is really tough because when you have three little ones like that, you need them to all sleep and you need them to all sleep at the same time. Right. It's very important. Yes. It's important for everyone's sanity that they all sleep at the same time. Um, Well, so we've... Uh, I'm definitely no expert on sleep because we currently have little ones that come into our room during the night and don't want to go to sleep sometimes. And um, We're empathetic. <laughs> yeah. We are, yes. So I will say that I um, I will never say I am a sleep expert, but I will give it the be- my best shot. Kind of some of the things that we have done um, that have helped is kind of look at what is the first looking at what's the cause. Like when did this start? Mm. Was it right when the foster child came into the home? Is this a new placement? Um, is it something just upsetting in the routine? So now are we spending more time with the, um, other two getting them to sleep and expecting the three-year-old to just kind of, um, do their own thing, mm-hmm. you know, whereas before we might've been spending a little more time with a three-year-old. Before you get any deeper in that, I just want to say that that is a really great question. I mean, not a great question, but a great point in kind of doing some sort of thought triage and figuring out, is there a starting point? Because at three, there could be so many reasons, so many triggers, yeah, he, right? Yeah. He could just be three, could right? Be. right I mean, <laughs> think about because I'm thinking about like, you know, our youngest uh, turned four less than six months ago. And, you know, the person who coined the phrase, the terrible twos, it was their first child. They'd never dealt with a three-year-old <laughs> I was before. Say. Because for every single one of our children, three was always a more difficult age for mm, us. Yep. And that's and part of that is is they go to the, I'm big, I don't need to nap. Mm. And they've convinced themselves that they're so big. So I don't want to derail your thought there, Kayla, but I do really want to just say that, that is a really, really great first step in kind of doing the, the triage and understanding what's going on because it, it could be. T- 10 different things that's the cause of it yeah there's some detective work yeah, that's yeah. going to be yeah needed to be done so that that's kind of that would be my first 
step in doing that. And then once you've kind of figured out, okay, so did this all start about the time of the new placement? Then what has changed in this child's routine that's Mm -hmm. causing this child to not want to sleep or even rest like previously? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would start to maybe make that routine more predictable, maybe making it a special time where, yeah, you really want them to all sleep together, but maybe you let the three-year-old have some big kid time, mm. you know, where maybe before you get the other two down for naps. right. Yeah. Or maybe you put the two little ones down for a nap and you spend some time one-on-one with the three-year-old mm-hmm. while the little ones are down. This is your big kid time. Okay. Now it's time for me to have my time. So I need you to rest. And so he gets a little bit of that connection mm. um, before he goes down for a rest to see if that would help. Um, if the child truly needs to sleep, um, because I know our four and a half year old needs to sleep. Mm-hmm. She does not think she needs to sleep, <laughs> but it only Cause takes me cause she's big. She mm. doesn't need to sleep. And when you really get to the root of why she doesn't want to sleep, she's afraid she's going to miss out on all the fun. Yep. And so if you can, if you can kind of let that child know, look, there's nothing fun. Get, I, I have to check emails mm-hmm. and I need to do laundry and I need to, and all these grown up things, we're not going to be doing anything fun while you're sleeping. I promise there will be no fun had while you're <laughs> sleeping, you know, and, but you can also sit with them for a few minutes. It literally takes my four and a half year old about 30 seconds to fall asleep once she stops moving. Well, I was just, I was just thinking about the other last week. Um, I, I, I'd come home early in the day and she was really struggling at nap time. So, um, I went up there because Kayla had, you know, she just wasn't responding and I said, okay, you know, tag out, I'll, I'll take a shot. And so, um, I just sat on the bed and played my guitar and, and kind of it's it's like conflict, right? If one person will, will put down their weapon, the other person realizes there's nothing to fight about over here. So I didn't really engage the fact that she didn't want because like, I don't need a rest, I don't need a rest is, is her mantra. And I didn't even engage that. I just picked up my guitar, sat on the bed and played. And, and literally like two minutes later, she was just out, like passed out, drool running out the side <laughs> of her mouth because... She just gets so wrapped up in this idea. Like, like Kayla said, she's missing out on the fun. She's big. She doesn't need a nap. And so just engaging it differently mm. has proven to help help us to, you know, another thing we, we do is um, if, if she would rather nap in our bed than in her bed, what's the big deal, right? Because right. sometimes as parents, we get really talked up in these things, the minutia of them. You nap in your bed. You nap in your room. I'm like, okay. Because do you want I, her to be in her room or do you want her to nap? Because maybe dad wants to go nap in his room. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, well, then there's a choice to be made there too. Well, what do you want more? Your, your four-year-old to nap or, or Ryan to nap? Right. Well, or nap with case, her. Both preferably, that, right? I was going to say, in that case, just lay down beside the kid and fall asleep. Which solves the problem hoping, immediately, usually. <laughs> well, hoping that you fall asleep after the child does, because right. it could be dangerous if it goes the other way around. I know that in the past, <laughs> that has happened with me before, where uh-huh. I fell asleep before the child did. And then, Daddy, you're snoring. <laughs> <laughs> or the kids got like like got like Joker paint in their face, and you realize it's the red nail polish that they got into. That may be made up. That may not be made up. You'll never know. I think sleep issues. There's there's a complexity to it, but finding kind of the root cause of it and when it started and why it's happening and stuff. Because there could be all sorts of things going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes weighted blankets will help kids to stay. They feel just more secure with the weighted blankets. Um, kids don't sleep if they're hungry. 
Yeah. So there's too much snack. distance between any kind of food intake and then requiring them to go for a nap. Mm. You're going to struggle with that. And that's a struggle at bedtime for us too. Yeah, because dinner was a couple hours earlier. Yeah. 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 I'm hungry. And, 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 you know, when we were younger parents, um, the kids would say, I'm hungry. And I'm like, you're not hungry. Go back to bed. <laughs> I'm scared. You're not scared. Go back to bed. <laughs> then it occurred to me one day, what Maybe kind of moron says to a four-year-old they're not scared, but they're like, daddy, I'm scared. So, um, and at least at bedtime, it, it, it seems like bedtime is an easier riddle to solve than nap time nap because, time. because yeah. they have some understanding that you need to go to sleep because it's dark outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but they come downstairs, they're like, just grab a piece of turkey, grab a bite of cheese. Come, I'm scared. Come sit in my lap for like literally we'll sit in my lap for like a minute. Mm. We'll talk to them and tell them, yeah, go lay in our bed and off, and off the four-year-old goes. So. Mm. But yeah. you're right. There could be like a hundred things. Yeah. So I don't know if that actually answered your question, Jake, but so that's Jake, our best. Uh, <laughs> so this is. Your, so I guess what we're telling Jake we're is telling that Jake let the, to find the underlying need behind the behavior. Oh, oh, look at you! Wow, look Excellent. at that! Excellent. Because all I was going to say is what we've basically told Jake is that he needs to rest with his child while playing his guitar and feeding his child um, in their bedroom. <laughs> While the child gets into red lipstick. There you go. It was nail polish, I'd say. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Katie asks. Jake, if, you, that was not, if that was not helpful, please email tapestry at everybible.org <laughs> and send your negative feedback. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Katie has this to say. I've noticed that my eight-year-old acts much younger than he actually is. Is there a way to know what is trauma-related, a developmental delay, or something else? Maybe. <laughs> I think she's going to need a little more definitive answer than maybe. And I'd like to defer to Kayla again. <laughs> oh, my gracious me. I think you're up on this one. Um, I think it's. I think that's a harder question for sure. Um, because we always want to know, is it trauma related or is it something else? Mm. I mean, that's, that's really a question that adoptive parents, it, sometimes it comes at, is it adoption related or is it something else? But right. really and true, truly we're saying the same thing, right? I mean, we, we know that the research has said that kids that come from hard places are about half their chronological age. Mm. So if you have an eight year old, you probably expect about four year old behaviors. If you have a four-year-old, you need four-year-old, two-year-old behavior. Exactly. And it, it, I think the problem, though, is that parents have an eight-year-old and they expect eight-year-old behaviors, right. and then they get frustrated because they don't know how trauma has impacted the, the child's brain development and their because emotional the, development. Because, we, like we've we've talked about in a past episode, it's not something we can see, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, Ryan had the uh, the imagery of the girl who comes in the classroom in the wheelchair, and everyone can see that she's disabled, physically yeah. disabled, right? And we all make the appropriate adjustments to our mm-hmm. expectations because of this disability we can see. But our kids are disabled in ways we can't see. Right. And that really hurts our ability to manage our expectations appropriately. Yeah. Right. I mean, absolutely. Like, like our eight-year-old daughter is tall. Like mm-hmm. she's really tall for her age. Mm-hmm. And she's really smart. And the combination of her height and, and her quick mind, I have to constantly remind myself in interaction with her. Interacting with her, she's eight. Mm. Don't expect what Ten a 12-year-old can right. do um, from an eight-year-old. Remember that she's just eight. And so 
when she does things, because I noticed that I do get kind of frustrated with her because I'm like, why would a 12 year old act like that? I'm like, she's eight. Mm. And so, um, yeah, you're right. Bring up the wheelchair thing. There's no, there's no visual reminder that my eight year old's four mm. emotionally and developmentally. Um, and I don't know if there's any really good, like a uh, clear cut, this is how you know that it's trauma related and this is how you know that it is something more than that. Because I think it sounds like what the question is asking is, you know, could my child have some kind of developmental delays? Could there be something, because I don't necessarily know this child's history, mm -hmm. could there be something more? Could there be some sort of underlying medical condition or mm -hmm. could there be, do I need to seek more help? And the right. answer is, Yes. I mean, you always want to rule out other things. I think the hard part is when you get to the professionals that you're working with, you want to make sure that they understand the impacts of trauma. Mm. Because I think often things like ADHD get labeled on our kids when in reality, you know, they haven't been in our home very long and it's anxiety and trauma is... Mm is making the same effects as ADHD on our kids, right? right? And so if someone doesn't really understand the effects of trauma, then we could get some misdiagnosis. You know, we've had kids in our home that have been diagnosed very early on with RAD. Mm. And before we knew much about RAD, we were like, it was, it was really, we were kind of scared. Right. But when you look at the effects of trauma on kids, it's not to say that RAD is not a true diagnosis. There are kids with RAD. But I think there are a lot of kids that are misdiagnosed with it because the effects of trauma and the anxiety on these kids, um, maybe when they first come into the home, is so much that it displays like rad, but with connected parenting and with time for a good number of these kids, we get through that mm -hmm. and we, we move we, we get it to a place of healing with our kids. And so I think, yes, going to professionals, making sure that they are understanding what trauma looks like and how it looks in our kids. You want to take, I think, the, the, a two-pronged approach there where you are not only seeking help from trauma-informed professionals, but you're still working on your nurturing to kind of get that emotional right. age of four up closer to physical right. age of eight. Right. And I think as you, as you, I mean, if this is a new placement in your home, if this is a new child and you're still trying to figure them out, mm. then you have a lot of questions and you ask a lot of things and you think, I don't know what this is. I don't know a lot about their history. And so I'm trying to decide, is this just my, you know, eight-year-old acting like a four-year-old because of their trauma history? Or, you know, could there possibly be a medical condition here that I need to be aware of? Is there some type of brain injury or something along the way that I don't know about? And so I think when you're looking at it, you just have to approach it with, I'm going to use connected parenting and I'm going to use connected parenting strategies. And I'm also going to seek interventions in other places to see if maybe there is something else more going on. You said something in there that I think is really, 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 really key. And that is, when our kids are first placed in our homes, whether they are foster placements, um, private adoption, whatever, when, the, when our kids first come home, um, unless they are newborns, 
um, we tend to forget that that is really a traumatic experience for them. And so to try to figure out is this adoption related, is this developmental related, you know, day one, you're going to try, you're going to tie yourself in knots because there's no, not enough lived experience because mm. there is no predictor of how long it takes for a child to settle into your home. And so, yes, we always point that kids with trauma in their past, it's a safe assumption to make that they're developmentally half their chronological age. Um, how long your child is in your home before they kind of settle in and sort of feel a little degree of safety and they kind of settle into more of who they are. Um, it's really, really hard to just interact with the child and make the determination whether that is uh, trauma related or some kind of developmental delay or something else. Hence the reason for the question. Mm. I, I go along with what Kayla said there in, in that you need to find a trauma informed professional that actually like is trauma informed and and, and is working this and doing this with, with their clients because uh, they'll help you with that. They'll be able to refer you to um, play therapists. You could get occupational therapists involved. I mean, there's a lot of people you could get involved who are trained for this kind of thing and who can help you. But we always tell um, when we're training new Empower to Connect parent trainers, we always tell them unless you have the right letters after your name, don't mm -hmm. pretend like you do. Right. And I think for parents, we need to do the same thing. Unless we actually have the right letters after our name, we shouldn't pretend like, like we have those, those letters, right? Just because the occupational therapist has been in your house every Tuesday for the last two years doesn't does not make you... Make you yes, he doesn't make you an occupational therapist, right? <laughs> right. But, but like the WebMD culture, right? Because every time you, know, like you have a pain in your arm, you either have a... You can have anything from a bruise to cancer, Right, because you just web empty it and we all drive ourselves to a place of, of stress. We're all going to die of stress-related ailments because of WebMD. Because every single time I have gone on WebMD, <laughs> one of the options for whatever is ailing me has been cancer. It's a hypochondriac's best friend. Right. And, and I think we have to be careful. We have to find the sweet spot as parents because we can't just go, oh, it's probably just trauma-related mm. if there's a deep, if there's an actual... Um, cognitive delay, or if there's some kind of some kind of issue that needs can be addressed medically mm. or with or therapeutically, but on the flip side, we can't just go, oh, you know, and have like the, the be the hypochondriac parent and assign all every kind of disorder to our child when being in a safe, stable, loving home over time is the fix. Right? Is, is is the fix for it? Now, the bad news for that, of course, is the fix is going to take a long, long time. time. Yeah. I made air quotes when I said the fix. <laughs> um, it's going to take a long, long time. And, 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 and there's just so many things working against parents because we live in, in the pop culture, pop culture. Mm. Right? We live in such an accelerated culture now. It's the on-demand culture. I get everything I want when I want. And that filters into our parenting because we want our kids... We'll go high road here. We want our kids' healing to be immediate. Mm. And I know when we came to this, and Kayla can either back me up or kick me under the table, but <laughs> I know when we came to uh, to parenting, we were real, real naive in term in terms of what what that timeline was going to look like. And we were like, okay, everything is in the past. The past is in the past, mm. and from this day forward, we're moving forward, and we are in a safe place in a loving home. Um, why are we still having issues? Mm -hmm. And we were really naive to the fact that, that the, the road of healing was a long, long road. And I can say to you now that 10 years after my son came home, he's in a much better place and much more trusting 
But I was wanting that in 10 weeks, right? 10 years ago. Yeah. So finally, Bethany writes in and says, you talk often about the importance of play and role playing with games. Do you have any resources for the games you use? Yes. <laughs> Make them up. <laughs> That's the great thing about play is, is it doesn't really require much because kids have such great imaginations. So, I mean, we could have like plastic spoons and, and you know, play Star Wars. Right, you know some I mean? of their lightsabers. Yeah, so one of the things that we like to tell people is that, is that you need to be really flexible as a parent and you need to be creative because you have to you have to um you have to use what the moment presents and sometimes when we think well we're going to schedule play from noon to 1 every wednesday and we're going to and you set up the barbie dollhouse you really have a therapy appointment with your child at that point right, right? i mean <laughs> Um, you know, play. It's not to say that scheduling time to play with your kids is a bad idea. No, I, I know I completely agree with that. But but when she's saying, "What resources do you have?" I think that that the moment is the resource because mm. sometimes play includes tickling a four-year-old. Sometimes play includes playing chess with a fourteen-year-old. Mm. Sometimes playing, you know, what I'm saying there's yeah. just so yeah. many different things, and I don't think that we just point to, you know, you may use these five things. Sometimes it's sports. Sometimes it's the trampoline. Sometimes pushing a kid on the swing. Sometimes loading everybody up in the car and going to the park. Sometimes playing video games. I mean, it's just it's a myriad of things. But as long as you and your child are having fun together and you're not telling them what to do, mm. you can check the play box. I think that's the key too, because a lot of times we say that we're playing with our child when in reality we're teaching our child how to do something. Right. And that's not play. Mm. It has its place. Yes, we need to teach our kids how to do things. But if I'm teaching my child how to make something or do something, we're not playing. I'm instructing and I'm right. a teacher in that in that moment. Um, and play is kids' language. And I think it's so neat. We have some of our kids are in play therapy and have been in play therapy. And and as I watch and kind of observe what the play therapists do, one of the things that really stands out to me is that the play therapists, when they're talking to the kids, they reflect what the kids are doing a lot, but mm. they don't interject their own thoughts to it. And it really allows the kids to play out these different scenarios. So let's say you've decided to um, play dolls with your child, right? So your child wants to play dolls. Well, my inclination is I want my to doll, my doll to do what I want my doll to do, right? And some of our kids can actually be really bossy and tell you what to do. And you're like, well, no, I'm going to do what I want to do, right? Because that's our inclination. But we can, we can, really see what our kids are wanting us to see if we let them lead the play. And mm -hmm. I think that's really key in saying, you know, I'm going to do whatever you want to do. Okay. You want me to do this? Sure. We'll do this. And we'll, we'll play with the dolls in the way you want to. It might not be, you know, the way I thought we were going to play it, but it's good for our kids. I think to, to have that play that is not directed by someone else. Mm -hmm. Well, um, you know, we, for years now, We've run filial play therapy groups um, at the church. And so filial play therapy is just child-led play therapy. So, so parents are coached how to do play therapy with their children. Except, and it's hard. We, we did it years ago um, with our two oldest. And it's hard because you want, to, you want to lead the interaction. You want to lead the play. 
uh, and to have a child tell you exactly what they want to do um, was hard. Um, but it was very telling because we learned so much because through play, the kids can express um, what they're unable to give words to. Mm. So um, it's with um, the folks at the University of North Texas. Um, every semester we run a, a filial play therapy group over at Irving Bible Church. One started last week. Um, and it's great because it, it, was, it was hard for us as parents because the easiest way that you, that you can ensure that you're playing with your child is to let them be in charge. Because I coached for a long, long time. And so if we're throwing the baseball in the front yard and I address anything about where he's putting his fingers on the seam, we're not playing. We're coaching. Yeah. Right. And I've never even played baseball. I don't know how to coach baseball. So that's, a, but like soccer, like I like, I don't, I don't, if the kids want to like do like coach drills and stuff, I'm their guy, but I'll, I'd play basketball. I'll throw a football. I'll do a myriad of other things before I play soccer because my my brain is wired to teach soccer, right? And so it, you know, okay, no, you need to turn your foot sideways, your plant foot, and all that kind of stuff. And and then the kids are disinterested because when you start coaching, they bail on the play, and you've defeated the purpose of just building a great time of connection with your child. Because when you're playing, you're laughing, right? And so um, laughing releases all of all of the good juices right. in your brain, and so it really is is a connection building. Like that's why the cheapest public speaking trick is to get up there and tell a joke. Because if you can see, it's not, it's not just to put yourself at ease. It's to establish a real bond between you and the audience, right? You want to be around somebody who makes you laugh. Because if they make you laugh, they make you happy. And that's the same thing with play. It is really, really a great relationship building exercise because the kids are laughing and then they realize that they're laughing with dad, which means they're having fun with dad. Oh, good, we're building a great relationship. And so... Again, I'll just say what I said again. The only resource you need in play is a little bit of imagination and, and the willingness to just stop what you're doing and let your child lead you. A lot of times we're trying to figure out how we can play with older kids too mm-hmm. and what kind of resources we need with older kids because sometimes it's easier to play with little kids Um because they have tons of toys. Right. But older kids don't necessarily have toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finding ways to play with older kids, you have to be a little more creative. You have to um, find the things they like to do. Mm. and Which can be a little harder sometimes. Which can be hard. Because they don't want to talk about it. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you have to find the things that they... You have to be more of a detective. And mm. so... Um, the tools for play are different for every stage and every age. I would say for younger kids, anything that uses imagination um, is going to be your play, right? I mean, you can have play kitchens, dress up stuff, blocks, anything. Um, And even older kids, I mean, still our two oldest, even though they're you know, 12 and 14, they still like Legos. Mm. And so we could go, I know we could go and sit and play Legos with them and that's a way to play, but we could also sit and draw. Our daughter loves to draw. Mm. So we could sit and draw and have her, um, you know, drawing something and just sit with her and talk and draw. And that to her is play because that's what she enjoys doing, right? We could sit and play video games with our 14-year-old because he really enjoys that. And so if dad sits and plays, you know, FIFA soccer with him, 
that's play for him, mm. right? Now he and dad can't go kick the ball because, you know, Ryan already told you his coaching issues. And so... so they're not issues. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> so he can't kick the ball and really call it play because he would get into coaching. But when they're playing FIFA soccer, he doesn't have to coach him, right? right. I mean, he can... They can talk about it and play and and it's more of a play thing in that arena right. because a 41 year old man trying to coach a 14 year old on how to play video games is essentially a fool's errand because <laughs> <right. laughs> the coaching yes. goes the other way, other way. In, in that yes. one yes yes well guys thanks for helping out with those questions and jake katie and bethany we hope we have provided you with some food for thought on how you guys can hopefully get can more connected with your kids and uh Get some nap time and some play time <laughs> in for your family. Thanks for suggesting that we helped. <laughs> <laughs> well, if this episode has been an encouragement to you to ask your own questions, you can tweet one to us at Tapestry IBC. If you need a little more room than the 140 characters Twitter gives you, you can email us at tapestry at irvingbible.org. You can also find us on Facebook at Tapestry IBC. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or the Google Play Store. Just search for Tapestry Adoption Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten any value from this podcast, we would appreciate a review in either location. Empowered to Connect is the training and support community of Tapestry, the adoption and foster care ministry of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. You can check the show notes for relevant links from this episode and find more resources on our website, tapestryministry.org. Thanks for listening.